To be quite honest with you, I think the waiter um, in general is probably one of the most underrated job there's out there. Um, and there's, we don't shed enough lights on the skills and on the importance in a, in a business. They're not just a vehicle, a vehicle to deliver food from chefs to guests, but they have a more active and vital role in the creation of, a, of the dining experience. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. In Australia, we've always had a problem with the idea of career waiters. Some use it as a means to earn money before moving on to other things, and the structure of restaurants mean they lend themselves to a huge casual workforce. But as our culinary landscape has evolved, there are many that have not only made an incredible career out of their front of house profession, but in doing so have aided the evolution of the restaurant industry too. Gianluca Esposto is the Assistant General Manager of Amare in Sydney. Gianluca, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. It's great to have you on the show. You've been a real feature of uh, the front of house of um, some amazing restaurants in Sydney's culinary landscape. Um, what, tell us a bit about uh, Amare and um, the front of house offering there. First of all, thanks for having me, mate. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, have, to be here with you. Um, yeah, Amare, it's, um, you know, uh, um, it's one of the most, uh, it's probably the most kind of glamorous um, sort of um, Italian fine dining restaurant in Sydney at the moment. Um, it's, um, it's all based basically around, you know, um, table side service through the use of, uh, uh, you know, garridons and trolleys. And um, we do pretty much um, everything. We try to do as much as we possibly can at the table. From you know fresh pesto, from filtering fish, from dressing a burrata, from service ice, serving ice creams, and you know all the little things. Um, and that's that's what um, it's a very kind of um, common service back in Italy the, or, or Europe. Uh, but it's uh, very hard to find if it's not impossible to find here in Australia. Um, so that's that's what we base um, our you know our our service our restaurants around. Yeah. What's it been like training the front of house staff to go into the realm of the kitchen as such and, and working with the kitchen to get that offering right of making pesto at the table, filleting fish? Uh, obviously, it's been very challenging, especially, um, you know, especially a, a, at the beginning, uh, because not many um, staff were, not many, uh, you know, staff members were trained to, to do this kind of, um, this, to buy this kind of service. Uh, but I think it's it's very rewarding to see how the people have a, our, our guests have embraced this sort of service, and they all uh, love the theatre and you know the atmosphere and the sort of warm ex- kind of hospitality that we bring to um, to every single table pretty much um, every day. So it's 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 been great. It's been received very well from our guests, so we're extremely happy. You uh, originally come from Italy. Take us back to when you were young. What, what, what region of Italy are you from, and what was food like? So I was um, I was born down in south of Italy um, in a little uh, small town called Monopoli, which is 40k south of uh, the main city, which is um, Bari uh, in the Puglia region, uh, one of the most probably uh, beautiful part of Italy. Um, and then I moved um, to Milan when I was seven or eight years old with the family. Um, I went to school there, obviously, and then by the age of um, I think 16, uh, 17, I started to get my 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 first job. Um, that's where it, pretty much everything started. Um, at the time, I was um, still, it, it was a sort of a, a after-school job. 
uh, but then I um, quickly realized that I prefer working over studying. <laughs> um, so, so after not, not long, I quit the school um, and start working um, as, a full, as a full-timer, basically. Um, so I started a small cafe. Uh, obviously, I had no idea absolutely about what I was doing, no experience, but I was very um, excited to start earning you know, my first salary to, to get my, my money, basically. Um, and walking towards that sort of uh, financial independence from your family. Um, so, yeah. Tell us about uh, that cafe. How different uh, small cafes uh, in Milan compared to what we see here? Uh, well, to be honest, not very different. Um, you know, it's, 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 it was basically a small place where we used to serve, obviously, breakfast from croissants and making coffees. And uh, then going towards lunchtime, we used to serve aperitivo, which is a very common uh, sort of ritual, if you can call it that way, back in Italy. Um, at the beginning, when I first started, obviously, I was um, just delivering food and drinks to tables because, obviously, I had no skills. I had no knowledge, no experience uh, whatsoever. Um, and then, uh, funny enough, one, one day, uh, the guy that I was working with at the time called, called in sick. Um, so, uh, my boss asked me if I was, um, you know, willing to learn more about the job and learning new skills, like, you know, making coffees or stop, uh, preparing basic drinks. Um, and obviously I said, um, straight away, yes to it. And then, uh, that's what I started working as a bartender. Uh, but obviously being working in a small cafe, um, in Australia or in Europe or in, in general, everywhere, I think means, um, on a small business in general means uh, be able to be do to do um, pretty much everything from you know ordering to waiting to cash ups to um, you know all know all the aspect of the business and that's what I stopped doing pretty much. There was a time when you uh, left the industry briefly at a young age. Uh, tell us about that and what drew you back to hospitality. Um, well, to be honest with you, relationship. Um, <laughs> Um, I left. I left um, the hospitality because the, my girlfriend at the time had, um, uh, you know, their parents. Um, her parents had this, this sort of um, jewelry company uh, back in Milan, um, and that was a, a sort of a you know sort of a safe job. Um, that you know, nine to five, Monday to Friday. Um, I used to travel quite a lot from you know everywhere, in pretty much in all of Italy, visiting supplies or particip- participating to uh, conventions or shows or things like that. Uh, but then. Uh, I was, you know, I was quite bored with it, to be honest. And I need to, I needed to get back to to what I, what I loved, which is um, obviously hospitality. And I guess um, to me, hospitality, but I guess pretty much to everyone, it's it's mostly about um, relationship. You know, as as humans, the relationship the relationship that we form with other people are critical to to our emotional well being. I guess uh, we have this kind of um, constant desire to be close to to other people um and obviously there's no better way to me by you know through customer care um and obviously which is a sort of you know the process that of creating relationship with customers and guests so um and it's also it's also about creating you know i guess uh, memories for your guests um and that's what i that's to me that's the most rewarding rewarding part of our job um so yeah you ended up coming to Australia. Tell us about that decision and what triggered it and what it was like for you coming to Australia for the first time. Um, so I think is to be honest with you, I think was the part that changed uh, my career, but also my life. I was um, 21 or 22, um, if I remember right. Um, and um, I, when I first arrived to Sydney, I obviously had you know zero knowledge of the language. I, 
didn't know anybody. I have no connections at all. I didn't know what I was doing, basically. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I was at the beginning, I was um, tossing up between Sydney and London. Uh, but then what made me decide to come to Australia was the fact that it was um, that, I, that it's basically as far as possible from home. So my only option basically was, you know, to succeed in my experience. So um, and, you know, I, I had to roll up my sleeve basically and get it done because I didn't have any support. So um, instead being close to home, like UK or whatever other uh, country, it was, you know, um, it would have been too easy, probably. Um, so that's what made me come on the other side of the world. Um, yeah, as I said, I, I, I came to Australia when I was 21, 22, straight to Sydney. Um, I stayed here. The original plan was to stay for six months, one year, uh, which was basically the duration of the, you know, the working holiday visa at the time. Learn the language, make some friends, you know, do a great experience and learn as much as uh, I could about new, uh, new culture. Uh, but then, obviously, as soon as I arrived from, the, from day one, um, I realized that, that was not going to work. I mean, I, w I fell in love with the city straight away. So, um, you know, the six months plan was um, <laughs> gone, basically. <laughs> what surprised you about Sydney when you first arrived? I think it was, um, it, it is very different from um, from what you, what, from the culture that you see in, in, in Europe. Um, and as I said to me, um, the, the, the most exciting part was that I was so far from home that no matter what, I was doing no matter what I decided to do um, you know I, I know that I had to get it done because I didn't have the choice or the support that I would have loved to have um, when you first you know when you when you do an experience like this but also you know um, I, I simply love it the freedom and the people that you know uh, waving to you on, on, on the street saying you know trying to help you out as much as they can or uh, just just in general the culture uh, people are very friendly very easygoing kind of uh, kind of life and that's what I love um, the most about Sydney in the first few few days. You, you've worked at some uh, quite a few restaurants in Sydney, but what was the first port of call for you, and how important was that with you getting your roots in in Australia? Um, so, my fun enough, my the first restaurant that I wanted to work with as soon as I um, arrived in Sydney, Sydney was um, Aria. Um, and obviously, at the time, as soon as um, as soon as I arrived, I didn't have that much experience. I didn't have um, uh, the right skills and knowledge to 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 you know join a place like that. Um, so basically, I you know worked all my my way up by uh, starting in a little Italian pizzeria in um, in uh, Lankov. Um and then obviously, as I said, I I worked my way up. Uh, I worked there for a uh, three years, two and a half or so. Um, and um, but I decided obviously I, I felt like I needed more at the time, so I left um, this little place and then I went straight to Catalina in Rose Bay, um, which was um, a very great experience for me because that's where I met uh, Michael McMahon, and that it's um, I think it's been one of the mentors in shaping my career, my knowledge, and my sort of mindset um, about the hospitality as well. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any memories of uh, working at Catalina and the impact that it had on you? Uh, well, it was first of all, it was a great location because you know, looking at the harbour down in Rose Bay, uh, you know, beautiful place, beautiful restaurant, uh, classic food, um, and high expectations. Uh, obviously, uh, especially coming from uh, you know the, the kind of clientele that you have around the restaurant. Um, I love pretty much everything about it. To be honest, at the beginning it was a bit a bit challenging because I was still trying to find my way. Um, and 
but then, as I said, I had a um, great mentor in uh, Michael McMahon and, um, and Judy as well. Um, you know, Michael sadly passed away not long ago. Um, and um, yeah, both of them, the, the whole family actually helped me quite a lot. Um, and it was, it's been great. Yeah, I, I have a great memory about that experience. A lot of international workers have problems with visas and, and changing jobs and, and staying in Australia. What, what was your situation like in those days of, around Catalina? Um, well, as everybody else, as you just mentioned, I was going through you know, the whole visa process to try and find a way uh, for myself and my partner to, 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 to get to the uh, permanent residency that allows you, you know, to work freely, uh, not being locked to anybody, really. Uh, it's been challenging. It's been tough. It's been frustrating and it's been hard because, you know, it's, it's a long process. It's, um, it's, you, it, it is very hard because you don't have all the answers that you like to have. It's a, a long process. There's no clarity around, to be honest. Um, and, um, yeah, as of today, I'm still, you know, fighting. I'm still, um, you know, almost to the finishing line to get to uh, my PR. So, wow. yeah, after eight years, nine years. So <laughs> it's a very long process. Well, although uh, ARIA was the first port of call when you got here, you ended up um, joining Matt Moran's ARIA um, restaurant. Uh, tell us about how that came about and what it was like there. Um, so it's, it's a funny story because straight after Catalina I felt like almost, uh, burned out by the whole visa situation. So with my partner, uh, we basically decided to, you know, sort of give up, um, and go back to, to Europe, to Italy or find a better, you know, a, a new experience. Um, and that's what we did. Basically, we went to Europe for just a holiday, um, but we were ready basically to, you know, pack everything up and leave Australia for good. So then two days after, I received a call by the um, immigration saying that my visa was, uh, had been approved. Um, so I had the chance to stay in Australia for another four years. So that's what I, we came back to Australia. Um, and I start, you know, sending my resume pretty much on the most, um, uh, you know, the most important restaurants in Sydney, such Aria, Benelong and any, 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 many others. Um, I had a call from the then GM from Aria that wanted me to get in from for an interview, uh, which we did. Um, I actually, sorry, I actually had an interview with the then um, restaurant manager. Um, it was great, you know, great interview. The interview went well, but he said, unfortunately, I don't have um, a full-time job available for you at the moment. I, I can only offer you, you know, a couple of shifts. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't do much with the shift. You know, I'm planning my future. I'm planning my life here, so I need a full-time job. Um, and, um, so then just, I walked away at that time, um, a week after the GM called me in, um, because he, um, I had spoken to people about me, he read my resume and they really wanted to give me the chance. They really, really wanted to get me into the business. Um, and that's, that's what he did basically. So he, he got me in, even if there was not real, um, needed at the time for an extra, um, stuff. Um, and that's what I started working as a, um, section weather back, uh, back back in the day um and um then uh, basically i worked on my way up you know after six months uh, seven months um i got promoted as a um uh, restaurant supervisor um and then uh, after another six months i got uh, promoted as a system manager um so i had to thank you know this um gm that had a um, pretty vision they had you know this vision on um, my skills and my potential um and that was probably one of the you know, uh, that 
moment that changed, uh, I guess, my career. Aria is in an iconic location, a renowned Australian restaurant. There's been many events and um, amazing dinners there. Is there any that stand out for you in your time that you were, you were there? Oh, hands down, the 20th anniversary uh, was the most important one. Um, great achievement, obviously, for, for the business, for Aria, for Matt and for everybody involved, um, especially the people behind the scene. Um, so I remember being this, all this excitement and getting this special um, dinner ready um, and making, making sure that everything was spotless. Um, I remember, you know, we invited all the most um, kind of um, important chefs from the, from, from the country, from Sydney, from all over Australia, as well as uh, media. Uh, so there was a lot of tension on that night. I can guarantee you that. But um, uh, it was a, it was a very successful night, a very great night, and uh, everybody had a great time, and there was a great celebration. And um, uh, it's one of the that memory that will stay, um, you know, with me for, for for a very long time. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the tension of uh, delivering the experience on a night like that. But yeah. what's it like for the front of house staff when you? Um, you know, at that level of, um, you know, a couple of hats, um, people are spending a lot of money. There's a lot of expectation. You may have restaurant critics in the room. How do you manage delivering that service and the pressures involved? Um, obviously, pressure plays um, a big role in the sort of um, sort of events. I think it's you shouldn't be changing what you normally do on a on a, on a daily basis because to the end of, at the end of the day, even if you have you know. Um, reviews or, or uh, chefs or whatever, whoever it might be, they're still human being, right? So um, your dining experience shouldn't be changing. And I guess one of the most important part, obviously, in, the re- in delivering the right, um, the perfect dining experience to me is also um, reading the guests, which is, um, as I said, the, probably the, the most important aspect. Uh, um, everyone has obviously, you know, different tastes and expectations. Uh, so the, the, the better you are at picking up through you know simple questions um, that can help you understand what mood they're in, if it's a special occasion or um, you know if they're well educated in terms of food and wine knowledge or whatever it might be, um, and the better uh, the, the ready, the better equipped you are in uh, sort of uh, dealing with this um, different situation and exceed their expectation. Uh, but to me, it's also come um, it, it also comes down to being genuine and friendly and warm with your guests, almost like you're welcoming. You know, someone, someone from your family or your, or your best friends into your house. That's the feeling and the message, and the message that we try to pass on to the team uh, pretty, much, pretty much every day. That's a um, perfect dining experience to me. The last year and a half has been challenging for many. What sort of impact has that had on you and your career? Um, it's been awkward, to be honest. Um, I've never experienced anything like this, um, especially when we uh, talking about COVID when everything – started back in, I think it was in March, um, here in Australia. Very awkward and sad feelings. Um, it happened so quickly. Um, I remember start reading about whatever was happening overseas, especially in Europe and Italy, um, talking pretty much every day with my parents back in Milan. I felt useless at the time, uh, which is a very, you know, uh, not a great feeling and powerless because you, there was nothing you could have done um, at the time, uh, you know, what, whatever was happening back home and um, but at the same time I'm also strange to say but also uh, felt this sense of uh, safeness knowing that we were on the other side of the world on an island far from from everyone Uh, and I think this was just my sort of subconscious not wanting to process the reality Um, and then obviously when uh, the government announced the the, the first lockdown I remember we were 
you know, packing up the whole restaurant. I was um, obviously at Ari at the time with the team moving crepes, glassways, um, wines, and sitting in the main dining room, staring at an empty opera house, um, feeling completely empty. Uh, with literally, there was literally nobody out there, and on what it's normally the biggest, you know, um, part of the city with tourists and cruise ships and everything else. So, the, yeah, it was definitely one of the probably saddest day of my life, I would say. Yeah. Matt Moran is a renowned chef and restaurateur with award-winning restaurants all over the country. But what's he actually like to work with? Um, he's amazing. He's, um, he tries to be obviously around as much as he can. Um, it's not obviously easy for him having, you know, as you, as you, as you said, um, different restaurants, different business, um, different things uh, personal on a personal level as well to look after. Uh, but he's, um, he's great. There's, um, he's always there for you, um, no matter what you need. Uh, he's always there to show his support, to show your appreciation for what you're doing um, for, for his business. I remember one of that day when we were packing up for just, just after the government announced the first lockdown, um, he came into the restaurant, you know, he gave us um, a big hug and said, guys, I mean, if you need me, you got my number, you call me, uh, for anything at any time. Um, so it, that's exactly what you are looking for in your, um, employee. So it's, um, he's a great guy, amazing chef and amazing researcher. By the time you decided to leave Aria, you were in the role of GM. What what triggered the move to leave and, and join Amare? Um, well, basically, you know, I, I'm always, I'm the kind of guy that always looks ahead uh, on what's next. Um, I'm always asking myself, what's next? What's the next step? What's the, you know, the big next big challenge for your career? Um, and I remember, you know, covering that GM position back at Aria. But again, looking ahead, there was um, not much improvement or not much growth for me within the business. Um, well, basically, the next step would have been, uh, you know, being a sort of an operational uh, manager that will have to look after, you know, pubs and other, another restaurant. But I wanted to be in the fine dining side of, of the hospitality. Um, and that's what made me decide, you know, to, to join um, Alessandro and Anna at the, at, at the Mare, basically. Um, so yeah. Well, Alessandro Pavoni is also a renowned chef with some incredible restaurants, and uh, including the new one, Amare. Uh, he's a, also an Italian. What's what's he like to to deal with? <laughs> so um, yeah, I absolutely love working with um, Alessandro and Anna, his wife. Um, I think together, you know, they're one of the probably the most incredible couples that our industry has to offer. Um, the perfect duo kind of thing. Um, Anna basically runs the back of a house op- operation, which literally includes everything from payroll, visas, menus, events. Um, she's a she's a machine, never stops. Um, and Alessandro is obviously the creative mind behind the business, um, always thinking and looking ahead at you know new dishes, new ideas, and motivating you and pushing you to kind of be the best um, version of yourself every day. Um, they they make everybody feel part of this huge family. Um, which as of, as of today, I think counts four different menus. Um, they're literally an aspiration. So it's, it's, yeah, it's great to work for them. Do you have any, um, stories of what it's like to, to work with, with, uh, this dynamic duo? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, um, it's funny. I, I mentioned earlier, he's the kind of guy that always pushes you to, to do more, to be the best version, um, of yourself. Um, and you know, that our restaurant, it's um, basically all based around table side service um, through garrisons and trolleys and everything um, 
everything table side. Um, so one day uh, we've um, we've decided to come up with these words or tags for for our guests, which is the um, Italian job. Uh, that basically means um, trying to do as much as possible as much as possible um, table side, including dishes that are not on the menu, um, but dishes that Alessandro wants to serve to a specific guest, right? Uh, like you know, you would do um, carbonara table side. Some nights you would do cacio e pepe table, uh, table side. Some other nights you would do pasta alla gricia table side, or you know, pesce al sale. All these all these um, little things done table side. The funny part is that you don't know where these dishes will come into play. Because <laughs> Alessandro obviously decides right there during service what we should be serving to our guests. And um, there's this sort of um, competition or challenge of him wanting to put you in the, in, in the, almost in the weeds during service. <laughs> um, obviously, it's, it's, it's his way of pushing you to, do, to, to improve the dining experience and to offer the, that kind of wow factor to our guests. Um, and on the other side is us trying to wanting to succeed, you know, and um, serve on serve the particular dish to our guests um, and prove him wrong, obviously. So he's <laughs> um, kind of giving up now because most of the time we anticipate his thoughts or ideas um, and do dishes ourselves without him saying anything to us anymore. So it's um, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. The influence of Italy on our culinary landscape, whether it's uh, you know, coffee or pasta or or just the way that we share food is undoubted. Um, but how, how different are Italian restaurants here compared to back home? Um, well, I don't think they're very different, to be honest. Nowadays in Australia, you can find amazing, amazing Italian food, um, like literally great, great food. Thinking about, um, you know, Ormeggio uh, or Pilu or Lumi. Uh, there's great Italian restaurants in, uh, in Sydney and all over Australia. Um, and I don't think we're far off, to be honest, uh, far behind. Um, Italy. Um, so, and obviously it's a little bit different because you have a mix of so, so many different cultures here in Australia. So you, obviously you might not have the classic traditional kind of Italian food, but you have the, um, you know, twist with, um, that comes from, um, um, other culture as well. Um, so I think we are on the right path to be honest. And, um, I think Australia, the Australian, um, hospitality and the Australian dining scene has, um, as, um, a, a bright future ahead. You mentioned the style of service that you're doing is um, very common back in Italy, but not so much in Australia. How have guests responded to some of the theatre of service at Amare? Oh, they're absolutely in love with it. Uh, the more you do, and the more you know, the the, the more they want to see. Um, as I said, we start we start with basic stuff like um, cutting up and dressing up the burrata at the table, or um, the the pesto dish. Obviously, it's been one of the most popular that we currently have on the menu. So basically, we do. Um, uh, fre- we make fresh pesto table side on a big marble mortar that comes from uh, Carrara in, um, uh, in Italy uh, by using fresh ingredients. Uh, and the guests just absolutely loving it. Um, s- s- some guests, they come back into the restaurant just to have the pasta dish uh, just because they love the kind of, um, you know, theater, the kind of um, uh, atmosphere that we create um, with- within the restaurants. So it's, um, I think it's, um, it's challenging for us, especially because, you know, we turn quite a few... Um, few big numbers at the restaurant um, and that's where the challenge is to try and keep up um, try keep the standards um, and the quality up there uh, by also turning um, big numbers so yeah your proof of uh, someone making a real career of the front of house are, are you seeing more of a move towards people making front of house a chosen career 
Um, well, to be quite honest with you, I think the waiter um, in general is probably one of the most underrated job there's out there. Um, and there's, we don't shed enough lights on the skills and on the importance in a, in a business. Nowadays, um, and I, our concept proves it, there's not, they're not just a vehicle, a vehicle to deliver food from chefs to guests, but they have a more active and vital role in the creation of, a, of, of the dining experience. But at, this, at the same time, there are not many programs or awards around the front of a house side of the hospitality. Um, it's all mostly based around you know, chefs and sommeliers, uh, which has started to become a bigger thing throughout the years. Um, and actually probably the only one that is giving all these people voice and space and the chance to shine and be rewarded is um, Appetite for Excellence. Um, we kind of live and breathe hospitality. So, you know, you love what you do. You're passionate about your job. It's quite natural to want, wanting to learn more through our mentors that can guide you during your career. Um, I think front of a house staff represent a 50% obviously of, of any hospitality business, but for some reasons they're not recognized um, in the same way as chefs are, for instance. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a dreamer uh, in general, and um, this is one of the things that I really like to change within the industry which is the perceptions and the importance around this role um, and trying to give them a voice and the confidence that they need to be able to see this job as a career job and not just a temporary, you know, kind of thing while you're studying or you're trying to figure out what you do with your, uh, with your life. Uh, for example, you know, I don't know, by organizing, um, uh, coming up with, you know, meetings or creating a sort of a community of, you know, managers and waiters or waitresses or whatever it might be in, in developing a sort of a program or school where everybody can share their, you know, knowledge, whether it is a financial aspect of the business or, man or marketing side of it. Um, yeah, or a more practical one, like learn how to fill fish at the table or making a pest at the table or whatever it might be. Um, so this is my kind of um, short term goal. And maybe maybe you can help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your advice for um, people in the industry that um, may be casual at the moment, considering a career as in front of house? What advice would you give them? Find a mentor. Um, it's probably one of the most important part of, of, of our job. Um, mentor is what helps you in, in shaping you or who you, who you will become in the future. Um, and obviously passion is it's the other um, key ingredient. If you don't love and if you don't like and love what you do, um, there's no way you will do a great, you'll be great at it. Um, so I, I live and breathe hospitality. It's the first thing, you know, that I think of, um, when I wake up and the last one, when I, when, when I go to bed, I always trying to stay up to date with, you know, all the news, uh, regarding our industry or reading magazines or, um, following wine courses or trying to learn more about the specific ingredients or how that um, specific ingredient is grown, you know, all the little things like that. So I think passion, uh, it's definitely the key. Uh, you mentioned how multifaceted the career of a waiter is. Do you have any tips for turning a potentially difficult situation with a customer into a good experience for everyone? Um, well, as I said, reading the guest, to me, it's the most important, it's the most important part. Um, you don't know what the life is, basically. You don't know what, they might have, they might have had a bad day. They might have had uh, a fight with, with the partner. They might have had a, you know, a, a bad day at work. So it's extremely important that we put ourselves in their shoes um, and trying to do, exceed their expectation, trying to, um, you know, making sure that they feel looked after, that they feel, um, that they feel, they, they leave your place happy. At the end of the day, they, 
you know, they, they might be saving some uh, for quite a long time to get to your restaurant. So that's one of the things that we never have to forget, especially in during the you know, current environment. Um, it's extremely important to remember that. Um, just be genuine. Just be, just be happy to, 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 to make them happy. Just be, be yourself and be, be, be proud of what you do. That's, I guess, my biggest advice, yeah. You uh, left Aria for the change and a new challenge with Amare, and it's got um, some incredible front of house uh, service and very different uh, for Italian restaurants at the moment in Australia. Um, what is it that you love about what you do? Um, as I said, the interaction with my guests is the most rewarding part. Um, I think seeing that smile in 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 you know in that in their faces once you've um, once they finish their meal and once they about to pay the bill, you know they're living happy. You know they they're living satisfied. That means you've done your job um, at the best you possibly can. Um, but also to me, uh, what what hospitality it's also business of people um, and as I said earlier it's about creating memories for them um, and sometimes we kind of forget that um, you really pay what you really pay in a restaurant um, what you really pay for in a restaurant it's, it's people's time as well um, and understand that people are the most important aspect of the business um, or any, any business especially hospitality above food wine or anything else so extremely important that I think um, as a guest or as a staff as well we 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 look after them, um, they, they feel cared for, they feel valued for. Um, that's the only way. Uh, that's Obviously, it's going to reflect on on, um, on the guests as well. And, and you know, uh, they will do a great job and they will stick around and uh, they'll be happy to be in, to work with you or to having um, a dinner with you. So, yeah. Well, having experienced your amazing hospitality, um, hats off to you and your career and everything that you do. Uh, Gianluca, we've uh, loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story. Please keep in touch and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me. It's been great. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.